All right, roll for initiative. The only way to win is to have fun with my friends. I'm on a roll again. Tabletop, lock, motion, everything in between. The only way I win is to have fun with my friends. I'm on a roll again. Tabletop, lock, motion, everything in between. Welcome to the Honor Roll Podcast, where we talk about tabletop, LARP, mush, and everything in between. I'm Ryan the Curmudgeon, and joining me as always is Carrie the Legend. I am! And Jason the Favorite. I'm also the one jealous of your new laser printer. It prints so fast. And quiet. It's and like it's a perfect cube. It's bizarre. It looks like a tiny microwave. We also have some non- What is wrong with your microwaves? You've never had a microwave that looked like that? No. It's the same size and shape of like a dorm room microwave. Like the $15 Walmart microwave. It's about that size. Similar shape. It doesn't have the fold-down door in the front. Oh, that would be really cool, wouldn't it? I want one of those microwave toaster ovens. I'm confused about so many things right now. (laughs) I have questions I don't have answers to. Those are the best. So what else is going on? Well, we have non-podcasting characters who help to make this show possible. These NPCs are friends who help support the show. Oh, I just got the joke! I'm sorry, go ahead. About NPCs. Continue. <laughs> what is wrong with you, Jason? I, that's a whole other podcast. Okay, okay sorry. Let's that's keep a going. Different. We also have some non-podcasting characters who help make the show possible. <laughs> these NPCs are friends who help support the show on Patreon. Carrie, tell us about these NPCs. All right, we have Noah Coltrip, who is a level four healer. We have Joel Eastland, who is an Atherotheurge. We have Josh Heath, who is Master of the Fourth Circle. Yeah, I heard he's actually starting a new tabletop game over Zoom this week. Oh, you did? What is it? I'm glad you asked. I'll tell you about it. He's starting a new, the new exciting tabletop game from Haleakala. Uh, it's called Pog. Pog? Oh, Pog. Yeah. Like... Somebody who's poggers? Yeah. So basically what happens is all of your your characters contribute an equal number of milk caps to build a stack (laughs) with the pieces all face down. And you'll use those during the game. And then the characters take turns rolling dice to determine if their slammer hits the stack or not, causing them to spring up and scatter these milk caps. Uh, You know, and then each player then gets to keep the milk caps that the dice say land face up after they've been, you know, tossed by the slammer. Uh, And then once no milk caps remain in the stack, the character with the most pogs, uh, he's the winner. And, uh, um, yeah, it's very exciting. That's fascinating. I've always wanted to be, you know, I'm not sure if I'm into pogging or not, but I've always wanted to try. Can can I sidebar for a second? Please. I suppose. So back back in my early, early 20s, I helped a friend of mine who had a um, an industrial band. Okay. And, right? Yeah. I didn't just, know where this was going. Sure. And now it, I didn't think it would go there. Right. No, industrial band. And, um, and their names were Pictures of God. That's we, the name of the band. That was the name of the band. Okay. And we would always shorten it to Pog. I bet they hated and, that. Oh, they did because we'd throw Pogs at them while they were on stage. Oh, my gosh. Oh, they hated it it's so It's like much. the ultimate fan worship, and they just didn't get it. Mm-hmm. It was great. Man, That's, I would have leaned, I would have printed Pogs with the band members' faces I know, on right? Them. Oh, man. That is so, like, that's disappointing, actually. <laughs> yeah. Like, it makes me I sad. think a real industrial band would be into that. They were young. To be fair, like they were, it was like the, their first band ever. Were they like 15? No, they were like 
maybe like a couple of years younger than me. Wow. Because, you know, I only hung out with younger people, which sounds creepy no, now that I've said that. I understand. I've done the same thing. Right. <sighs> it's because people my own age expect me to behave a certain way, and I'm just not going to do it. You know, there's a World <laughs> Pog Federation. Is there? <gasps> mm-hmm. It's, and it's, it's actually partially owned by Holly Akala Dairy, which is the originator of the Milk Cap game. That's kind of cool, actually. Did he actually. call it the Milk Cap game instead of Pogging? Well, no, the reason it, be- so the reason it became known as Pog is oh, be- dear. because uh, Holly Akala Dairy was starting a new fruit drink, and the fruit drink was called Pog. Yes. And it used the same cardboard insert in the, in the, the cap. Plastic drinks that looked like a... Pineapple, sort of? I have no idea. Okay. You have now exhausted the extent of your, my, your pog knowledge. knowledge. Yeah. Okay. Who else do we have? We have Drew Stevens, who is a fourth generation. A fourth generation what? That's, That's a good the question. question. And then we have Ryan Martin, who is the OST of our hearts. Aww. We have uh, Corpses and Curious podcast. <laughs> and then, of course, we have Sarah. Sarah. The patron, <laughs> the patron saint. Of honor roll. Well, if you'd like to become an NPC and get a shout out on our show, we'd love to give you one. Just go to patreon.com slash honor roll podcast and become a patron today. Depending upon the level you choose to support the show, you can get shout outs, free art prints, postcards, and more. You know, she's also the Patreon saint. Hmm. I see oh. what you did there. Yeah, yeah. That. Yeah. That's up there with NPCs. Uh, it's non podcast characters. <laughs> All right, let's go to combat rounds. Welcome to Combat Rounds. Uh, today, we're going to talk about breaking in new players. I'll break you. So what do you mean by that, Ryan? So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, things that you can do as a DM or... St- that was a, the that was, sound at the very end of that. It was like I've Jason's, never noticed that before. It was like ah. Jason's phone going off. Yeah, Anyway... Uh, not, not my fault this time. Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about things that DMs and storytellers can do to uh, help their new players join a new game or join an existing game. Uh, and when I mean new players, I mean like people who have never played a role-playing game before. Right. Okay. right? I don't mean new to your group. Just new. Just Completely yeah. new. New gamers. Just born. Like noobs. Right. Noobs. And, uh, the womb and then the we're going to talk – and then we'll talk a little bit about – uh, some things you can do to help run their first game for them, and also how you can deal a little bit with the different types of new of new players in your game that that you might see. All right, yay! Yeah. So, all right. So, I think first, let's just talk about like someone has come to you and they said, "Hey, you you're running a game. I sure would like to play in this game." That's my new player I, voice. I hope that all new players actually do sound like they that. they do talk like that. It's yeah. true. Uh, so anyway, somebody comes to you and they're like, Hey, I'd like to play in your game. Uh, so can I? And you're like, yes, you can. That's Carrie. Uh, Excuse me. <laughs> uh, her, my experience, hers is you will or else. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You're playing in this game and you'll enjoy it. <laughs> so, uh, so they ask you to play the game. So they're like, what do I need? You, you said yes. So what, what, is, what does a new player need to get started in, in a game? Okay. To be absolutely fair. Perfectly brand new players that come to my game, I say, uh, just come. Don't worry about anything. The first game is free. Now, well, the, <laughs> I like the way you said that, as if you charge others for the game. Well, well but there is a, a charge. Sure. You know, like 
Well, I mean, for our LARP, we would never charge a new player their first night. Right. Because LARPs do charge. Yes. You know, it's only five bucks. It's not like, uh, you know, but. No, but, you know, also, I, I know what Jason's saying, though. You know, if you've got someone that wants to. To show up. To, to see if they even like it. You're not going to make them buy dice or the new book or, you know, any of these things, the, the supplies you need. You're not going to make them pay the money before they try it out. So you're suggesting that a, 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 a good DM uh, who wants to invite a new a new gamer to their group should have enough of those things for them to use. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. At least for the first night. Yeah. And I'm going to say that I, I don't. I almost want them not to have read too much because I'm going to be trying to teach them and I don't want them to be burdened down with the way that they read it and it's not necessarily how it's interpreted because they don't have the, I don't want to say background, but really it's like here's this experience that we have that you don't and when you read it, it's not going to make any sense and it's only going to confuse you. Right. Unless it's an exceptionally simple role-playing game. But what if the person that's coming to you that wants to try gaming for the first time is like like my friend Jared? Right. When he started to play, when he got ready to play his first game of D&D, uh, like he's he's a younger guy. He has a lot of disposable income. He's he's single. And yes, yes. Just, I hate him. Continue. Right. And <laughs> and he was and he but he's also all in. And he's kind of one of those guys that's like, uh, I'm going to try it. And I'm and if I'm going to try it, then I need my equipment list and I'm going to buy all the equipment. Okay. And if I don't like it, then I'll take it to McKay's. I'll take it to the used bookstore or take whatever. Take it to my friend that does like this stuff. Right. Okay. And, yeah. And no, absolutely. It. So if that's the case, what would you suggest they get? Oh, well, a rule book, obviously. Right. Uh, every role playing game has some sort of book. If it's like either the base book or if it's like D&D where there's a player's guide. Yeah. Right. Or a starter might, set. Yeah, starter. Some games have that. Some games have a quick start guide. You might tell mm-hmm. them to download that. Or you might even just be able to tell them to, like, sometimes there are free PDFs of games. Yeah, yeah. And maybe and you download could do that. that. I, I would recommend that almost every game uses some form of randomizer, usually dice. Tell them to get the appropriate ones. Like if you're playing uh, Vampire Werewolf, it's always going to be die 10s. Uh, fate uses the weird fate dice, so pick up some of those. If you D&D, Dot 20, Polyhedral Set. Uh, so here's here's my opinion on this. No one is ever like, oh, no, dice. I hate them. Well, like, what even ha- people that don't play games. They've got to pick the right color. Yes. You, know, the, you, want, you want your favorite color or you want to, you know, like, it's, it's an extension of your personality or your character's personality. Okay, so funny thing about Jared is when he did do this, mm-hmm. he went out and he bought a, a, a D&D set, you know, a full set of dice. And he played his first game, and he was like, okay, I like this. And also, my character would never use this color dice. <laughs> oh. and, and he immediately went out and bought a second set of dice Yay. in a color that was appropriate for the character. <laughs> That's awesome and totally makes sense. I get it. Right. So I'll say this, that group of totally new people that I started with last year for yeah. work, uh, you know, we're running this long game on night shift, and the first week they all went out and bought a set of dice. Aww. By the end of the month, they all had at least three sets. Mm-hmm. And yeah. one of them bought one of those fancy metal sets that, that are Ooh. pretty popular now. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're like 40, 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. Right. They're not cheap. Yeah. By the end of the next month, they all had one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Which, but you know what? That makes sense because your, your guys at work, I mean, you're in a, a kind of a physical manly man right. kind of like, Oh, they love, and also those metal dice were beautiful. Yeah. yeah. They're hard yeah. to read, but they're very beautiful. Yeah. The the other thing, though, is what about, would you recommend that they listen to a podcast or, or watch a live play? I would have said, if you'd asked me this a year ago, I would have said, no, don't do that. It's going to change your perception of what we actually do at the table. However, almost all of those new players went on, 
YouTube, looked up D&D, podca- uh, D&D game, and because they were all in like their 20s and very early 30s, that's how they learned skills. And so that's what they did. They YouTubed how do you play D&D, and the next week they were better. Right. Because they understood the tropes, they understood the basic concepts of the game in a way that it would have taken them another month to learn at the table. Yeah, uh, this is going to – I don't mean this in an ageist way because I am including myself. It's right. a generational difference. Mm-hmm. Just uh, people who grew up with computers versus people who didn't. You know, like someone who – if a new player, a new gamer came and they were my age – I would probably recommend they not listen or watch one of those podcasts, but it's definitely somebody younger. Absolutely. Because that is totally how, how they consume the world. Right. And, and and to be fair, when your dryer broke and we fixed it at the end of the day, we watched a YouTube video. Absolutely. And that was the, that was the moment we're like, Oh, this is how this goes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's, that's much better. We should have done this every single time we do anything. (laughs) Right. But but we wouldn't, but we, we wouldn't have started. It was not the, and that's, that's why I wouldn't It's not our instinct to go there. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, the younger people are better at that stuff. And I mean that in, yeah, well, I don't even mean that stuff. I mean, like, they are much more go-getters than our generation is. Because our generation goes, oh, how are we going to fix the dryer? And we worry about it for 40 minutes before we go, oh, I'll Google it. Right. And they literally go, well, I'm just going to Google what's going on here. You yeah. know, like, they, there's a there's not that barrier. There's a, there's a real aside to this as kind of a pig trail. We're, we're all in our 40s. Just yes, for, we're in our 40s. Uh, we forget that folks can't see us. <laughs> The, uh, it's a good thing. <laughs> something I've noticed with the younger people I work with, they're not as worried about skill acquisition as I was at their age because they have this knowledge in the back of their head saying, oh, well, whatever it is. I could Google it. I'll just look it up. Yeah. And there'll be somebody who has the most in-depth way of teaching somebody how to do whatever it is. No matter how esoteric the skill is, they can sit down and learn it in 30 minutes at least have the basics. Sure. Yeah. I would, uh, um, for me, if like when Jared asked me, cause, cause Jared, I was kind of like Jared's other friend, you know, and mm-hmm. he was like, well, you have a podcast. That's not how he talks. Anyway, Jared he was did like, when he was new, right. He but he was he like, was yeah, you have a podcast about gaming. Like, should I go listen to, Absolutely should not. I go watch critical role? And that was the specific one. He said, should I go watch critical role? And I said, watch critical role, but understand that critical role is to uh, your weekly tabletop game as WWE is to uh, Olympic wrestling. Yeah, it's totally different, but also the same It's exactly the same. There is still risks. There are still rewards. There's still chance involved. But ultimately, you are talking about people who are acting with the specific intent of telling a professional story versus your friends hanging around a table. And so just... Understand that when you are watching it, it is a little bit pre-manufactured and it is also uh, existing with a group of professional actors who are not you. The best metaphor I've ever heard, and you'll probably cut this, but critical role is pornography because it's imitating something that's really fun to do. And watching it makes you want to do that thing, but it's never going to be as pretty as what it is on the screen. (laughs) And that's why I go with the WWE Obviously. comparison. Because I'm it, just saying, you're, this new gamer is going to typically be joining either a brand new game that you are starting with a new group, or they are joining your existing game because uh, a slot's opened up. All right. right. So, what about existing games? How do you start that, Ryan? Uh, I typically would start by getting together with them, not at the game. You know, I would take them out uh, to coffee. 
at Lassiter's? You know, I'd take them to Lassiter's. Your favorite Lassiter's, coffee? the best coffee in Cleveland. You're not now, representing them, are you? Now open in downtown Cleveland. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Uh, but no, I mean, I would take them out to coffee or go to, go to, you know, steak and shake or wherever. Some kind of know. a side. Yeah. And I would, and I would talk to them about the story so far. I yeah. would say that, uh, and don't limit yourself to that. If you play at a game store, just take them aside, sit, you know, buy them, buy them, just the two of you for a few minutes and discuss it. Yeah. And know, you- I, I think also if this is a friend of someone that's playing in the game, Bring the friend with. Sure. Whatever like, is comfortable. Some, sometimes it's a little weird to be like, hello, person that's going to play in the game that I don't know who you are. Right. Oh, man, now I kind of want to set that up, though. Yeah. Every new player has to go on a coffee date with me. <laughs> You're like, so many dates. <laughs> so let's discuss your character. <laughs> so. So you, what would we talk about? This you want, so you want to play my game. Excellent. <laughs> Damn it, I forget every time. <laughs> All right. So I think you tell them about, like, this is the story so far. This is the genre we're playing in the Don't feel of Don't overwhelm them, though. Right? And, and then, but also, be excited for your game. Yes. This is your cell. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think you actually, like, help them build their character. And you don't want to be the, guy, the person there who has to make their character while all of the people who have been playing for months are waiting for you to finish making your oh, character. Oh, yes. If at all possible, absolutely already have your character done. So, so, you know, help them build their character. You can. It's also a great opportunity to, like, encourage them, hey... Go write a little history for your character. Yep. Figure out who he is. Who One is paragraph this can change the world. Right. And, and you know, if they draw, they could draw a picture of him. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know. Or if they want to take a photo, cosplay it. Right. Like how, you know, however they want to represent their character that's going to get them excited about the character. I like what right. mushes do. Uh, what, where y'all pick an actor yeah. to, to portray it. Right. And uh, I think it's really clever. That's something that tabletop games could do, too. Because, you know, not all of us can draw, but all of us can get online and Google uh, an actor's image that we like for our character. Right. Exactly. Uh, Like, my characters are all played by Ernest from Ernest Goes to Camp. That's why they're so great. That's not true. They're all Boo Boo Stewart. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) All right. So what if it's a new game? All right. So so not only is it a new gamer, but it's also the very first time you're getting together. Uh, I would hope. By now that we're at a point where where we all prefer to run a session zero, even if it's the first half of your first game night. Yeah. You know, uh, honestly, your session zero can be 10 minutes. But if it's with people that you already know personally. Right. But this is we're talking about bringing a new gamer in, though. Um, You know, you want to introduce them to the other players. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's very important to for a session zero with a new player for it to be everyone. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, of course, then I think you do the, the regular things you do at section, at session zero. You know, I think you, you go over your safety checks, you know, mm-hmm. the, whether you're lines and veils or you're using uh, an X card, card or, yeah. or if you're just, you know, existing on, on an, if you're the kind of group that is familiar enough with one another where you can actually exist on a know that at any time you can speak up, um, you know, whatever your group is, prefers or does. But I right. think it, whatever you decide you need to specify to that new player this is the that expect- it is important that they understand that they can and should use those mechanics if they are feeling uncomfortable. You right. know, if you had a new player joining an existing game, it might even be worth it to have one of your existing players kind of be... A plant. A I know plant what you're trying to say, yeah. To say, uh, hey, I'm going to hit the X card on this one. I'm not comfortable with this uh, ritualistic child murder that you were going to include. Again? Well, I mean, yeah. even if they're actually okay with ritualistic child murders, 
Yeah, it no, lets that person know. Okay, you know what? It's okay to speak up. Actually, seeing it, seeing it mm-hmm. used, it breaks the ice on the X card. Te- yep. Teaching by example. Yeah, and yes. that's why a lot of LARPs they deliberately practice safety mechanics in a meeting before the LARP because that way, even though everybody knows that's not somebody really mm-hmm. saying no, no, I don't. We've want seen this. it played out. And I've done it. I've got a physical memory of it. Right. It feels real. Yeah. yeah. So then you also prep about the story. You yeah. Know, like anything, anything you norm, would normally do. But I also think um, you, and this is for, really goes for an existing game too. If you have a new gamer, I think it's really important to take a minute to just talk about bleed. And I know that bleed tends to be viewed as more of a LARP thing than a tabletop oh, it's thing. it's real though. But it's real in both of those, yeah. those things. I would just like to say bleed is like crazy much in a in a mush. Oh, you said you were crying a whole bunch. I yeah, think that like bleed is, is the worst. Bleed is the worst in mush of the. Yeah, the, that's of absolutely. One of you folks want to tell us what bleed is, so that if if their listeners don't know, oh, it's when the emotions of your character bleed over into your real emotions, or so, or the other way, or the other way. Both of which can be dangerous. Both of which are not. They're not bad. Because you want your people to be invested in the game, and if they're not upset about the things that make their character upset, and if they're not excited about the things that make their character excited, then they're probably not having a good time. Right. But it's dangerous. It's just like when you get invested with a movie character, and they die, and you're upset, and the problem is is that you don't recognize that these feelings are real, even though they happen to a so-called imaginary character. And so you have to learn how to separate yourself from them. And deal with them in a healthy way. And most new gamers don't aren't familiar with this sort of thing. Because well, it's not talked about no. in a lot of other areas of no. real life. Nobody talks about going to a concert and experiencing bleed. Right. right. Even it's though just, we've all been to some, something. Unless there's a mosh pit. But, you know, yeah. interestingly yeah. enough, like bleed is is talked about a lot now in LARP. It was, mm-hmm. it didn't even have, we didn't even know it was called bleed when I started LARPing back in, you know, 2000. But we kind of like, knew that it existed. We knew it existed though. Like well, I that's knew how that, I ended up dating Ryan. Well, I mean, that's a real thing. How yeah. many people, you know, it's like how famous people do a movie together and uh-huh. then suddenly they get married right? and then they get divorced a couple of years yes. later. But that is, that literally their characters is made out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause their characters fell in yeah. love. We're, we've started talking about it in LARP quite a bit. Uh, we don't talk about it much in tabletop, and we do not talk about it at all in mush, where it's the biggest problem. Oh, it is <laughs> terrible so, in mush. Maybe that's that's a whole other whole other show. Let's talk about mush and bleeding. Woo. So I, I'd like to say that one of the <laughs> I rolled a four. It's a four. It's a four. I don't believe you. A dice on the table has to. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I'd like to say that that's a mistake that I made. I didn't tell all those new players. Hey, by the way, there's a chance you're going to become emotionally attached to the things that your character is emotionally attached to. And I had a couple of characters that got really upset. One of them, it was positive because they had a NPC that they really cared about and they had a whole arc. Mm-hmm. And that character experienced the tragedies and successes of the NPCs. And that was great. The other one uh, got attached to an NPC. And uh, every time that they felt like that NPC was in danger... They got angry at me. Right. Because they didn't understand. And I tried to have a discussion with them after it happened. But, like, this is the game, right? Right. You want there to be danger and tragedy because that makes the successes and and all the hires high. Yeah. If the lowers are low. You need contrast in a game, yeah. And not just that, but, I mean, it's drama. That's the point, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. And uh, that it caused some hard feelings a little bit, and I wish that I explained it better. The yeah. person is fine. Everything has been resolved now. But go ahead and tell people, hey, by the way. Listen, if your character hates one of the other characters in this in this gaming group, 
then you're going to, it's going to be weird for you when we go to Denny's afterwards, because right. you're going to feel a little bit of that animosity towards the player of that other character. It is so crazy to tell someone who's never explain, experienced right. Bleed what it's like. Because they're just like, That's it's dumb. It's dumb. It's a character. Why would I feel that way? But you do. I yep. just figured out the perfect way to explain it. Oh, boy. Remember the time you played Monopoly with your family? Now you don't speak to some of those people anymore? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it is. This though. is exactly <laughs> it. I, I'll tell you this. One of the biggest mistakes I made is two of the characters were like, hey, let's just see what happens if we fight. I, I didn't occur to me because I if like one of us had done that, we'd have been like, oh, that's a cool the way these mechanics work. Because we would be viewing it from that angle. Yeah, but they were two people that are invested in their characters, and one of them won, and one of them loses. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, they're like, "Oh, your character killed mine," even though it didn't even really happen, right? Right. right. (laughs) And and this kind of brings us to I think the other thing is whether it's a new game or an existing game, you should make sure that that game night you all go to to some sort of afters. After the game, especially whether, the first one, whether that's Denny's or Steak and Shake or whatever is open 24 hours, or even in your if city. it's just a different room in your house and you all have a bourbon yeah, and you toast whatever you it toast is, to, what a good game, guys. Let's right, have this bourbon. One of the things that we do after our, when I get to do my regular session is, you know, we'll have a couple of drinks afterwards and watch a little TV or play rock mm-hmm. band or something or go to work because you're already there. <laughs> no, we do all the work first and then uh, we do the other stuff. But yeah, but afters is important to a new player because they need to to see that the other people in their gaming group are people. Well, right? they need to see you as a community. Yeah. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the the, um, the first the first game that you run for them, right? Yes. So I think something that's really cool is that in every single core rulebook for every single game system, there's like a small adventure in the back. Right. Usually, yeah. But some of them, those adventures are written with very specific uh, mechanical uses in mind to actually help teach the game. And so I always like to look at those those you know, pre-generated adventures in the back of the core books to see like, is this one, cause they're usually like a one session adventure. Right. Like, is it maybe what I should run the first night before I start whatever it is I want to run that's myself? Or at the my, least I should learn the lessons it's teaching. Right. And so, because a lot of times they're training missions. And so I want to talk for a little bit, like when you run that first game for your new player, what sort of things should you make sure you have them, uh, do or run into to help them learn the game? Well, I think you should try to hit whatever the major mechanics for the system are. So like if it's D, D, D&D, you should have some combat. It's mostly a combat game. So you, you should have a fight early on. And uh, like, like a, a, some sort of manageable encounter, whether it's like... Cobalts. Cobalts. Right. Everyone's goblins. first encounter in D&D, ah. if it isn't, should be cobalts. Right. And I so mean, that they I can... cobalts too. So they can learn how to punch something, how to swing their sword, right. fire their mm-hmm. arrow, shoot their gun, uh, you know, use their magic. Give them a little taste of victory. Just That's a right. little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I make it feel dangerous, but not be dangerous. Mm-hmm. Right. I also, I also think that uh, leading up to that, I think it's really important that, you know, the number one role in almost every single game system is perception. Whatever yeah. your noticing so, thing role is. Yeah. Do your, do your perception check. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you could do that. That could be how they spot the cobalts. Mm-hmm. But, like, everybody should know what is the, the skill and attribute that is used for perception in this game, or what is the role to notice something. I think it's also important that if they fail, making the failure fun as well. Absolutely. 
You know, if they don't see those cobalts. You're teaching them that failure is okay. Yeah, that not only is it okay, but that is it is the, a fun part of the story that is of the game being played, of the story sure. being told. And and along with perception, I think I think uh, if there is a skill in your game that that is used a lot in a Star Trek game, uh, you know, the, using a, a tricorder is like super common. Mm-hmm. And so, like, have them roll for their tricorder use because they're going to do that every time they're on a planet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or or make it special. Hey, I know that Bob's new character is a seamstress. So make sure that somebody's tear, you know shirt gets torn and he needs to sew it whatever he's not really a tailor though he's actually a cardassian spy whatever he is the greatest star trek character that's ever star uh, trek garrick's great yeah i'm i'm not gonna watch it i don't I, how you, much y'all talk about how good doesn't it matter is. i'm not gonna watch it's it nobody fine. i refuse so i think the and then the other thing i think you should do is after you have that little combat make sure you hurt somebody in the party Oh, so they have to use a healing spell or whatever your healing mechanic or recovery mechanic is. Right. Because sometimes mm-hmm. it's it's a healing potion. It, sometimes it's a magical healing roll. Sometimes it's rest. And, you know, if it's a gritty game and they don't have access to easy healing, now they understand that. Right. It's visceral now. Oh, yeah. I can't get any better. I've got to keep that in mind constantly. And in D&D, sometimes it's sleep to reset their spells. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, so those are those are like basic really basic mechanics that I think that they should encounter. And I also think if you are going to use them in your game, if the game utilizes some sort of movement rate or distance mechanic. So you're saying anything like encumbrance or movement or any of those skills that the rules for are not immediately obvious, but you're planning on using them. Right. Put it in the first game so that they'll get used to it and they'll come to expect it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, We've got them. They've played their, they're playing their first game. Oh, um, look at them all. Yeah. So, so let's talk uh, for a minute about the kinds of new players you end up seeing in a game. And so obvi- this- okay. Obviously we are missing some. So right. if anyone is listening goes, oh, I, you forgot this one. Tell Call us. Ryan and Carrie at. No. 423. No. <laughs> no, no, but on our Facebook and stuff. Right. Tell us. And, yes. And you may even, they may even be the same thing, but called something different. Mm-hmm. Like in LARP, for example, they used to always talk about the three nights on a couch rule. Oh my God. Which is I like just... in a vampire LARP, you typically spend your first three nights just sitting on the couch talking to other characters in the hopes that maybe you'll hear something or be invited on a. Mission. Mission. Or have an uh, FXP to actually be useful. Right. I think the big three that you encounter are like uh, someone who is confused, someone who's quiet, and then someone who is the opposite of quiet. <laughs> right? I mean, as a general rule, most of the time, you're, a brand new gamer is going to fall into one of those yeah. three things. So let's talk first about the, that, that quiet one, right? So it's my first game. I sit down, and I just sit there the whole night, and I don't speak. My character doesn't talk. I don't talk. I just eat Doritos. Mm-hmm. As a storyteller, that's the one that upsets me the most. How come? Be- because you can't tell if they're having a good time or not. Sometimes they are. And, but sometimes they're having a blast. But, like, I always get anxious when I see that happen. And you're like, then you end up, like, hovering over them. Do you need anything? Right. Can I do anything for you? And they're like, no. I, obs- I obsess over trying to figure out why are they the quiet one. Yep. Right? Because there's a lot of different reasons. Like, they could be shy. They could be mm-hmm. overwhelmed. They could be confused. They could be afraid like i my character talks with a funny accent and i'm afraid to like unveil it to the group because right. they're gonna make fun of me if i yeah. talk with an accent uh or they could just be in awe like watching 
like, wow, like these, they're all so great. This is amazing. I just want to watch this. Um, you know, and, and also the, the, the really unfortunate one that you got to watch out for is they could also be inadvertently silenced by the, uh, experienced player in your group. It can be advertently too. Mm -hmm. So just watch out for that. So how do you, uh, what do you do when you figure out what the deal is? How do you usually approach, say, a shy person, Ryan? So I think that in many ways, a lot of them are addressed in the same way. But but what we used to do in particular in our LARPs is we usually had one or two players who had characters that were really outgoing or were really stalwart or like had a... Um, were really connected to whatever the plot was. Mm-hmm. And we would just like quietly take them aside and be like, hey, listen... Uh, you know, Bob's a new a new player. Do you do you mind just making sure that he's not bored all night? Like right. let's let's help him find a good time, especially because it's a, even harder in a LARP because they're not all sitting in front of you as the as the storyteller, mm-hmm. right? So you don't always see that they're not having fun. And, you know? and as much as you want to, you're like, ah, I've got these ten players that are super invested that I promised I'd run a scene for tonight, and I yeah, I, I need to do that. Yeah. yeah. But but that I think applies at your table. You know, Absolutely. if you have an experience for if I was running a game and Carrie was one of the players, I would be like, hey, Carrie, Jared's never played before. Would you just make sure his character is not like. We, yeah. And the, then my character would become buddies with his, whether he wants to or not. <laughs> I, I also really love mentor mentee uh, situations in games because mm-hmm. then you can make somebody say that now they've got a, a reason to be here and something that they're doing. And it gives the experienced player the feeling that, hey, I'm helping. I'm part of the game. And also it makes it whole thing feel more real. Right. Like if you have somebody who's never played Star Wars before, have them play your Jedi Padawan because then they can learn Star Wars as their character learns Star Wars. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be an inexperienced smuggler just learning my way in the world. Played by Boo Boo Stewart. <laughs> Is this a Chicago joke? I really don't get this one. <laughs> I don't. I have no idea what y'all are talking about. So, I, honestly, I think that that the the two main solutions to having that player who is super quiet is <laughs> is to either have have a plant in your game who will just like help guide them and make sure in character that they're cool. Or the other option is sometimes like you know at some point in your tabletop game, there's a a stop. Everybody, you know. Jimmy's got to smoke a cigarette, so we're all just going to take a break for a minute, right? Yeah, yeah. Take them into the kitchen, get the new player a glass of ice water or whatever, and just be like, hey, are you having fun? Because, like, I noticed that you're being quiet, and I just want to make sure you're okay. You know, it's okay that you're being quiet. You're not doing anything wrong. I just want to make sure you have a good time. Right. You know, is so. there anything I can do to draw you into the story more? Or Yeah. yeah. And the truth is sometimes a new, a new gamer just needs their first night to just watch. Yeah. Uh, the second type of new player is the scene stealer. So this Somebody is just like tries too hard. Overcompensating for being new. They're acting. This, I've got a buddy like that. This one is horrific in mush. <laughs> oh, because they write three paragraphs of their introduction. Right. And it's all, look at me. Look at me. Hey, look at me. All right. So scene stealers do not bother me as much as they bother some other people. Like, because they're, because, they're trying. Because so they're, they're having fun. Yes. And you know they're having fun. Even if it's really obnoxious and scene stealers are actually the opposite problem of the quiet one scene stealers are possibly making it uncomfortable or not fun for your (laughs) existing players though sometimes they can be very entertaining sometimes it's totally fine yeah so like a a scene stealer um it's usually because they're either trying too hard or they just don't understand the give and take of of improv or collaborative storytelling yep right um they forget the and yeah, 
Yeah. You know, they're just, they're eager. They want to impress everybody. Or sometimes it's just like they want to feel like they're playing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a game. I want to play. Can I roll dice for that? Like the, in tabletop, <laughs> that happens a lot. Oh my gosh. Can I roll my dice for that? And you're like, you're drinking out of your canteen. I know. That, that's, <laughs> Is I was, that a dex check? <laughs> that's absolutely true. Someone's like, I'm going to climb up this building. I'm going to roll my athletics. I'm like, you, you don't need to roll athletics. I already told you there's a ladder there. <sighs> I was going to roll my athletics. <laughs> like, what if I climb up the side of the building and don't use the ladder? I'm like, uh, roll, roll, your your athletics. Athletics. roll your athletics. I got a one. Is that good? Yes, that is very good. It's very for good. me. It's amazing. So what do you do What do you do for the, the scene stealer? How do you address that? If it's too bad, I think you do the same thing with the other one. You're like, hey, man, um, you, you need to, I don't want to say calm down. Rain I think it that's in a bad. <laughs> Maybe like uh, you're, you need to. Let other people have a moment to talk. Uh, it's about everybody's supposed to get their moment. And uh, not that you've definitely already had yours, but more like, how can we integrate you into this game better? Yeah, we have to share the spotlight. You have to share the spotlight. Yeah, yeah. I think that's sharing the spotlight is because when you say share the spotlight, you're not telling them to stop. Right. You're telling them to include other people. There, there are some tricky ways you can get around that if the person doesn't get what you're saying or you don't think that they will. Mm-hmm. Instead, you flip it. Hey, Bob, Bob, the new player, you know. You took to this really well. You took to this really well. Do you think maybe you could include. Make sure that Jason's brand new character goes along with you. This person's enthusiastic. Don't dampen that. Yeah, use that enthusiasm. Just a little misdirection to help make the game better for everyone. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah, I think so too. And and also, you know, the scene stealer, like one night it's not going to kill your game. Like that could be a conversation you have between games too. Yeah, that could be a coffee conversation if, right. if it's really overwhelming. Yeah. Like I think making sure the quiet person, the shy person is having a good time. That should happen midway through your game. Right. When you notice that, but like the person who's trying too hard the, or, or who won't, who's stealing every scene that can wait till between games. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and sometimes you can just be like, okay, uh, Billy was talking, give them just a minute to finish what they're doing. Yeah. Right. And especially at tabletop, when somebody's just going crazy, you're like, okay, that's your action. Now, what are you doing? Yeah. And, and at LARP, it's a little more complicated, but at tabletop, you just make sure everybody gets their moment. Or sometimes when, when they start to, when they start to steal the scene, I pick up my my dice as the storyteller. I pick up the dice and I stand up. <laughs> What's nothing, going on? Nothing will get people quiet faster. <laughs> what, what, what is oh. he doing? <laughs> All right. Uh, so the last, I think the last ty- type of of common new new gamer is the confused person. And I think it's important to note that the confused person often can manifest as yes, quiet right? person. Yeah. Uh, but the confused person, typically, if they are confused, it is for one of two reasons. Some people do not learn as quickly as others. Yes. And I think that some people just uh, can get overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And so typically, if you have a player who is a new gamer who is confused, they have either become overwhelmed or they are not learning as quickly as as the game is pushing them to learn. And you got to remember, g- games are in some ways very complex because you're having to learn two skills that are kind of like left brain, right brain. At the same time, you're having to learn to improv and also do math. Yeah. Right. And so there's cognitive overload that can occur. Absolutely. And what happens is most people usually have one skill or the other when they come in. And if you're a little weak in one or the other, it can mean that it takes you a minute to catch up on, you know, the one that you don't know. Yeah. 
And games can move pretty fast. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And that can make them more overwhelmed or hurt them more if they are not learning as quickly as as others. And sometimes you have to rein in other players because if somebody's struggling, especially like if you're D&D combat, right, and you get somebody's turn, and they are really trying to figure out what their spell does, you just have to let the table wait sometimes. Mm -hmm. And you have to be aware of like the the other player who is the expert trying to help them too much. Don't let them help. Right. All, maybe not even at all. Jared well, needs to learn to look up where that spell is on his own. I think there's a balance there. Because I think it depends on the system. Because mm-hmm. you know what? If you hand me the BNS book and tell me to look something up on my own. You're going to struggle with it, yes. I'm going to be like, no, I quit. Yeah. I, I, am a, I'm, I'm, I am a slow learner. Like, the math does not come easy for me. When, when it games, because like my brain is so much in the, the scene stealer, yes. you know, in the drama, in the story that when math gets thrown at me, like a lot of times I go, I don't know what, what do I do? <laughs> you know, and and so like I, 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 I understand what you're saying by, you know, don't have someone just do it for them. But have so you know, but it's OK to have someone help. I, yeah. Help is different than doing it for you. Yeah. yeah. I also say, uh, especially like with D&D, when I know that I have new players or people that are going to struggle with a rule or a system, I am prepped for that. And I print it out ahead of time mm-hmm. and give them a handout that's got the rules on it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something a lot of LARPs can and do as well. Uh, cheat sheets are your friend. Yeah, when I learn a new system, when someone's invited me to play a game I've never played before, I'll actually go home after that first night. Because after one night, you have some idea of like, what are the things that I keep having to look up? And I'll write down page numbers. Absolutely. Or And you can write page numbers right on your character sheet. Yep. Or like uh, Josh Heath is is running uh, um, Star, Wars. Uh, Star Trek Adventures. Pog. He's running Pogs. But he's Pogers. also running Star Trek Adventures uh, for me and some some friends. And um, and so like there is a lot of mechan- surprisingly large amount of mechanics in, in that Star game. Star Trek game? Yeah. I would have never guessed that. And uh, more than any other Star Trek game I've ever played. Yes. So Does anyway, it get the funny dice? I it, like the funny dice. It doesn't have funny dice. but. No. Uh, but because of all the, the mechanics in there, like I actually just went and I looked everything up and typed them into a word document right. and printed it out with my sheet because it was just easier than trying to find the page numbers. So this is kind of related to the interview we did a while back, you know, uh, uh the grapevine, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things you could do is since you can edit all the, uh, fields for like powers and stuff like that, one of the people had a copy of, uh, grapevine on their home computer because it's back when that was right. Yeah. Um, uh, and they edited all the fields for their powers to have the entire power description <laughs> in yeah, it, which yeah. is not something we could do as a game, right? Because that's illegal. But as an individual, you could do it, right? Well, you know, in the old old world of darkness, this LARPs, was an old world of darkness LARP. Well, but but what I'm saying is, back in back in the day, in the olden days, uh, White Wolf actually printed deck like gift decks and uh, yeah. discipline decks. And so, and it was just a deck of cards and each card had one of the, one of the vampire powers on it, the, mm-hmm. one of the disciplines. And you could actually just pull from that deck, the six your character had, and you'd stick it with your item cards and go. And what was wonderful about it, especially when we were playing werewolf is because we had the, the name tags that you could you ship. Use you for getting your name. Tags. They were form cards. They're for your form cards mm-hmm. for being a werewolf. And the, they were the same size. You just slip them in the. So you just had everything together and then you folded up your character sheet and put it in there and everything was good to go. Right. And of course, fifth and fifth ed D and D sells one for every class. They sell ma- Yeah. They sell magic oh, okay. decks too. And so, yeah. Yep. So, I mean, so it's. Uh, Stuff's it's, out there or you can make it yourself. Please do. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're running a game and you know, somebody's going to need it. 
try to help them out. Right. Uh, and, you know, the other thing, too, the is you can always just run a quick one-on-one session for your new player. Yeah. You know, like either before their first game uh, to like work their help work their character. in, so they can maybe come in with a piece of the plot that the existing players might not have. Why would my existing group let this new player come along? Mm-hmm. You know, well, oh, it's because he has the map because he has the map. Right. Right. Or whatever. And so you can always run a little one on one thing. And that can also help them like figure out how to roll and roll their dice. And I also I also really like the idea of like whenever you have a new player come in the first game, it like they're the star highlights right. them. Keep yeah. Them, keep like, them. And have like your entire table be on board to support them. One of the things y'all used to do a lot was whenever someone played a cub in the werewolf game. The first session is usually that they're in is usually them being found or rescued for by, their first change for mm-hmm. their first change, which meant that suddenly, you know, something about the setting. Oh, I change into a giant killing machine and sometimes I don't have control of myself. And also there's a bunch of people out there who want me. Some of them want me for bad reasons and some of them hopefully want me for good reasons. And the new plot is they got to clean up the mess you made. Right. So and you're at the center of what's happening mm-hmm. tonight. You have something to do, and everybody is interested in what you are doing. Right. Well, that's kind of all. That's kind of all of the new new gamer stuff, except for one thing, and this kind of circles back around to what we started with at the beginning. And that's I want to talk for just a second about the Mercer effect. <laughs> so you need to explain this to me. I've never heard of the Mercer effect. The before. Mercer effect is. Uh, when it's named after Matt Mercer, who is the, who's that again? he's the DM of critical role. <laughs> and so if you're new players, if you're new gamer like, is like, well, we're playing D and D. So I watched a bunch of critical role to learn how to play and to, to prep, right? There is this thing they call the Mercer effect, which is new players join your game. And they, they, after the first night, they're like, well, this was nothing like what critical role was like. That's true. It happens enough that Matt Mercer has actually addressed it and said, hey, folks, uh, your game's not going to be like mine. Yeah, because I'm amazing. Play the no, game <laughs> Play the game that, that you're playing, and it's okay. And so I want to talk just for a second about, like, how do you, ad- how do you address the Mercer effect with, with your players when they, when they compare you to Matt Mercer? You take one of their dice and tell them they can't have it back every time they compare you to anyone else. <laughs> Except favorably. Right. And if they're like, you're way back, yo, you can have your dice back. <laughs> well, I think, I think w- when you talked about wrestling, I think that was a really good analogy. It makes perfect sense. I don't know. There's part of me that's like, I just want to be like, do you, do you really think that I sit around and am that quippy? Do you, do you really think that I have a writing team of nine people <laughs> scripting tonight's episode? Yeah, no. Right? Like, you know. I would say, like, we've all been to, like, a high school play or a summer stock or even, like, a local theater play, and we've all seen a professional movie. Both of them have their charm and advantages and disadvantages. Right. The things that you're going to get on a show like Critical Role are similar but different than what you're going to get in your it's home It's the game. Broadway production, it's of, the Broadway production. <laughs> of the play, but it is not going to be the same as the play your high school does. Right. And here's something to think about, though. When you go and see a Broadway production of, say, Hamlet, like, that's great. You get to watch that guy play Hamlet, which is like watching some people play Critical Role. The difference is at your home game, you get to be Hamlet. So it's going to be different. Right. Yeah. It's personal, and you're invested. Not every DM is like Matt. Right. And not every game is like Matt's. Right. But most importantly, not every player 
is a professional <laughs> improvisational actor, right? Voice actor. Yeah. Right. And so, so I think that it's always just important to just help your players keep a level of, of expectation that is realistic. I think if they were way better, I'd probably up my game. But until they do, <laughs> right. Like, like, what would you do? Like, if some guy comes in and just blew you away, could you imagine that? I, like, I just oh, give them the DMG. And like, you hey, you're right. in charge now. I'm going to play. Right, you're this way better be than amazing. me. <laughs> this is so great. I've been one. Passing this torch, buddy. Here I'm over it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the the last the really the the last point about about bringing new gamers. Wait, wait. I've got a better idea. You put them down the whole time and talk about how that was terrible. Buddy. No. Put them in no. their place. No. Like I do with anybody, I think is better that. than me. No, do not do that. Ryan, you suck. Anyway, continue. I think the last thought on bringing new gamers into your game is just to remember that everyone enjoys games a little differently. Mm-hmm. And so maybe the thing that your new gamer likes, like maybe the thing that they enjoy is sitting there quiet and watching everyone else. I, you know, I've met several people like that. They're and, happy to be there. Yeah. And if that's what they enjoy, then okay. Mm-hmm. It, like, you know, as long as you've made sure they're okay. Right. And they, that is the thing that they love. then Okay. And that's fine. They're wrong, but it, it is no. what it is. What? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. Let's go to game rap. All right, welcome to Game Wrap. What if they enjoy game indifferently? What? Anyway, I didn't even get that joke. It's indifferent. Like it's just never mind. Oh wait, uh, here it comes. Are you ready? That Has is that the been at the end the whole time? apparently been at the end of the whole time, and we've just never noticed it, and it's weird, right? We should <laughs> play it. That should be at the beginning from now it's, on. Can we put that at the beginning? It'll go backwards. It'll be like our Tenet soundtrack. Oh, we should do that. Weird. Did you watch Tenet? I did. I watched it last night. I've heard every single review has I've been that. diametrically opposed. <laughs> like, fights in the street. Is this movie any good? Is it watchable? Is it the most pretentious piece of shit ever made? I watched that movie backwards and forwards to try to figure it out. Oh. Okay. I don't know what this is, but Dakota was trying to explain to me. <laughs> and I was just like. She didn't really understand it. But I, also did. She was like, and then they tell you the story both ways. Oh. And she goes, she goes. And what's it called again? And I was like, it's called Tenet. And she goes, how's that spelled? And then I said, T-E-N-E-T. And she, like, and she goes, she goes, oh. The name is the same forward and backward, too. <laughs> yes, it is. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> All right. Well, I was, I was trying to figure out because she kept like at lunch and finally I went, I don't understand what you're talking about. Nobody and nobody who watched the movie understood it either. But I liked it. It was you fun. like it. You like it. It was fun. Is it, is it one of those movies where like ah, this is so clever, and you're like, hey, you know, I read a lot of sci-fi and comic books as a kid. No, but there is. So <laughs> one of the <laughs> okay, that's how I felt about Inception. I'm like, this is a really good movie. That's this how, is not clever at all. That's how I felt about Matrix. And I had yes, so yes, many, right. I had people who were like, you just didn't get it. No, and no, I like, get it. Yeah, I was I like, it. I'm not stupid. This isn't the first book I've read about people being kidnapped into a secret war against the government. The only difference is, is that they're all batteries for some reason. (laughs) Well, it was fine. It was fine. It was fine. Yeah. It's a Christopher Nolan, so it's a spectacle. The, the trouble, okay, and so it's there's dark, I lots am, of filters. Oh my gosh, do you want me to tell you about it? I like interrupting you a lot. I know, <laughs> it's, I, I feel like I'm Carrie tonight. Oh, I like interrupting you so much. I feel guilty about interrupting Carrie. Uh, I know. As you should. I know, I know. All right. Sorry, Mom. 
Game wrap. All right. Well, you can. No, no. I got to hear first. Did you like it? It was fine. Okay. You can find us on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere else you listen to the podcast crap that you listen to. We are also at honorrollpodcast.com, and you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash honorrollpodcast. And you can also find us on the Twitter verses with uh, the handle, the username, at honorrollpodcast. Uh, Are you trying to Matt Mercer with the voices tonight? Is that what you're doing? What? You know, with all the voices. You know, I'm not. Voices tonight. I'm not. I think you're trying to Matt Mercer us. No. What I, you know what I'm trying to do? What? You should be so lucky. All right. Well, we also think that you should find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. You can become a non-podcasting character. Help keep the show uh, going. Help us pay for the hosting and all of that stuff. And, and my lunch. get free stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, Carrie. We've reached the part of Game Wrap where you get to uh, do your thing. All right. So I'm going to give out XP to both of you. Woo! Um, you are both going to get the same amount of XP. A <sighs> hundred? No, you are each going to get 26 XP for the 26 minutes over we went from the time we were supposed to end so I could go stream tonight. That's fascinating. So mm. we're being rewarded for it. Well, you know. Like always. Yeah. Yeah, we got to get you off of here so you can get out to your OnlyFans. Hey. Oh, I, I would make so again? much money. You would you make so sh- much money. You need to shut up. You know, I've thought about starting OnlyFans where I wear a suit and read out of a book. Carrie, would you like to do our random encounters? Yes, I would. Hold on. We're going to get some mail. All right, Jason. You encounter a potato head. I feel like you're Matt Mercering me. Mr. or Mrs.? Uh, That is up to the potato head to decide. And I don't even mean that meanly. I mean that. You leave potato head alone. It can be whatever it wants to be. That's true. All right. I mean, it stores its face in its butt. All bets are off. That's true. Super. They do not taste good, though. Do not try to eat them. Faces and butts? Well, that's different. Okay. I obviously eat that. (laughs) (laughs) What are you waiting on? What is going on with our podcast tonight? It's been a while. Ryan. What do I encounter? You encounter a bucket of movie theater popcorn. Oh, Oh. that's no fair. No, that's delicious. That's what I'm saying. Did you know Dakota has found a way to get butter equally distributed through the entire bucket (laughs) of popcorn? The trick is you make them put it in as it goes up. No, because you can't do that. You can't do that anymore because now at at modern theaters, you have to put the butter on yourself. Well, just because y'all go to this theater down the street. AMC still do it the old way. I'm sorry. That's at our AMC. Okay, never mind then. (laughs) My AMC. Dakota's secret is straws. That's fascinating. She overheard on the radio. You stick the straw onto the nozzle of the butter and then jam the straw down into the popcorn and you can get the butter down at the bottom of the popcorn using the straw. But like, she's insistent that we have to go do this. And I'm just like, this is going to explode. Like, literally, there's going to be a butter bomb. This is the next thing on your stream. It's amazing. I, I have to have a confession. I despise movie theater butter. I despise it. I'm not. I'm. I hate it so much. I love movie theater popcorn, I, and I like it salted. I like salt. Yes, maybe if they've got flavors, I'll try them. But I'd rather have it straight. You 
both are so weird. It doesn't taste like butter. It tastes like grease. It tastes like movie theater Ugh, butter. So gross. I can't believe it's not butter. Marty ruins it too. She drowns well, then it. I will share my it. popcorn with Marty. One time we you- ran out of gas on the way home, so I just squeezed the bag and got all the grease out. It was enough. Oh, it's terrible. Good times. Ugh. Good times. All right. Well, kettle there you go. Good though. Yeah, kettle corn. They have caramel corn. Jason does not want us to ever finish. (laughs) No, Jason doesn't want me to ever stream. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, Join us next week when our topic is snow cones. Until next time, remember, the only way to win a role-playing game is to have fun. You know you got to put a state name in front of something, and that makes it dirty. Think about it. Think about it. You go. Okay, no, I got you. I got you. Hang on. Okay, okay. All right, well, join us next week when our topic is Indiana Snow Cones. Until next time, I'm Ryan the curmudgeon, Jason's the favorite, Carrie's the legend. Remember, the only way to win at a role-playing game is to have fun. The only way to win is to have fun with my friends.